Welcome to Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. And welcome to Chasing the Word. We're so glad you've joined us today. This is our last chance to be sharing the book of John with you, which is always a bittersweet thing for us to become the end of a series, but it feels like it's a relief in some ways. We've been at this book for a year or more. I think but, more. Yeah. Man, it's been an adventure. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff has happened in this world in the time we've been spending in John, and we seem to find new ways to apply the, the message of John and the experience he had with Jesus in the mix of all that stuff, the real life they lived we're finding that to be just as applicable now. Well, Scripture tells us that the Word of God is active and living, and it is a constant yeah. churning over of our hearts and our minds as we read through Scripture. The Holy Spirit uses those things to prick our hearts and minds about what's happening in the world around us. In the first episode, it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. And that's the person we've been studying all along. And now we come to the very end of John. It is still the Word. It is still the person, Jesus, that matters most, matters for everything. Right. And so here at the end of John's story, it's the last that we know he had a personal experience in the presence of Jesus. So we go back to John's story. Let's jump right into it so we have as much time left at the end of the program to talk about our takeaways. Last week, we left off at verse 14 after seeing Jesus appear on the shore when our group of the disciples have decided to go fishing. Now they've had breakfast and they're their sitting. Their stomachs are full. They're sitting around, probably stunned that Jesus is there again. Yeah. Starting in verse 15. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter was grieved that he had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. I assure you. When you were young, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. After saying this, Jesus told him, follow me. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. That disciple was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? So when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this report spread to the brothers that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he would not die. But if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. And oh, so many books have been written, will continue to be written, Mm -hmm. and they're being written on our hearts. So this whole experience, you and I have walked through the book of John with our listeners. We are writing our own book on this. We're writing our experience. We're 
broadcasting it a chapter at a time. We bring it to you. It's a chapter of our lives, too. So you've seen us living with this book, living with these stories, with these people, and, of course, with Jesus himself, trying to bring them to you as personally as we can, because we really believe he's real. Mm -hmm. We believe the love he has and the power he has, the authority he has today, as much as he's ever had when he was walking this earth or when he created it. Mm -hmm. I believe this. And I believe that the testimony is true. Now, I'm often wondering about pronouns. And when we get to the <laughs> end of this story, it seems like the way the Bible is translated there that John is saying about himself that his testimony is true. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. I personally believe he's making the pivot of saying, I'm giving you a true account because we know that his testimony is true. The big him. And that Jesus himself is the authority of this story, not me. That's my opinion about the what he's trying to communicate there. But there's been a lot of disagreement over centuries about who is talking about who there and what John is trying to say about himself or not say about himself. Fair enough. We're not really here to debate the smallest details or the opinions of other people, just to we express what we're not dancing on the heads of thinking pins here. about what we just what we think about what we're reading. As we read it, the whole point of this exercise has been that God brings new thoughts to mind mm -hmm. in the company of the saints, and you and I being one of those little modules of that, our family. God reveals Himself about Himself through His body. Mm -hmm. We're the body. So that's why we encourage all of our listeners to be doing it with us along the way, too. Maybe you haven't had a chance to be part of that yourself, folks. But if you want to, go back and check out all the podcasts for this series. We'd love to have you actually do it with someone you love, a friend of yours. Maybe do coffee with somebody. We've got the study guides for every single chapter available to you yeah. on the podcasts that have to do with John. So the Chasing the Word series, just look them up. Download a PDF copy, print it out for yourselves. Enjoy the Word together. And we have this special edition that we've come up with for this book called The Dynamic Gospel. And it's our way of bringing to modern language this narrative in the person, in the personality of John. And we'd love to give that to you as our gift for your support of Compassion Radio. And it's available in each of those downloadable PDFs for free as well. So to wrap up this conversation, the last story we're hearing about is John following along and eavesdropping mm -hmm. on a conversation <laughs> that Jesus is having with Peter. I'm glad he did, because yeah. then we can hear how Jesus lovingly and a little forcefully, maybe even getting Peter to think about what's happened and to restore yeah. him to fellowship. The message and the reason he's doing that, we'll get to in a second. But I first want to just tap into the environment. It seems like all along the way that when they can't overhear what Jesus is saying, they always send John off to go listen <laughs> in on things. Like they expect him to be able to eavesdrop. Like you go listen to it because they want to know what God's... Sending the little brother along to catch up on stuff. <laughs> they want to know what Jesus is saying to Peter because they know that Peter's got the mantle. He's going to be making the rules apparently next, making decisions about what to do in ministry. I do really love how Jesus just very tend restores Peter in this mm -hmm. segment of scripture. We all think we know what Peter must be feeling in this time. Just, uh-oh, you know, now Jesus is back <laughs> and he's kind of calling me aside here and talking to me. What's he going to say? And how am I going to handle this? And Jesus doesn't even really address the previous situation. He doesn't say, remember what I told you? I told you so. Mm -hmm. You were going to deny me. Never is that brought up. But it's haunting him. Absolutely, it's haunting him. Peter is probably very anxious. He proved himself to be a coward at the worst moment in his mind. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is not saying, no, you're fine. He's acknowledging that was a major gaffe. But he did, at least, I think, give him some difficult comfort in being able to tell him beforehand, this is going to happen, mm -hmm. Peter. So when it happens, know that I knew. Mm -hmm. And there's something in that that says, I'm still talking to you. 
It's not that when it happened, Jesus never talked to him again or disappeared or wouldn't restore him. Didn't make eye contact with him or anything. Yeah. Even though Jesus knows we're going to screw up on things, he still makes a way for us before it even happens, I think. And I think it's one of the spiritual principles that we need to be hanging our hats on every day, which is, yeah, God knows. We don't understand how he understands and knows everything before it happens and lets it happen anyway. We don't get all those details about what it's like to be eternal. And yet he is absolutely like a laser focus on where we're going with him because it's going into him. We get closer to God as we mm-hmm. walk along this life, and he's excited to continue that process. He never wants to get us halfway and say, well, they're not going to make it. They're mm-hmm. a dropout. And then shun us, push us outside the family again. He's just not that kind of God. Nor are we the kind of people that will ever be shunned and pushed away because we feel or experience failure. It's just not in the lexicon of God's way of doing business, Mm -hmm. his family life. Well, his conversation with Peter definitely reminds us of his deep love for Peter and in turn us and how Jesus is going to draw out of us the true confession. He does it in such a gentle way. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I love you. Well, then feed my lambs. And then he goes on to shepherd my sheep. And then he goes on to feed my sheep. It's a progression of what he's saying. He's, the lambs are the tender ones, the ones that need guiding and feed them and take care of them. And then as your love grows and continues, shepherd them. Yeah. And then as they're growing, feed them. That's the progression that Jesus is walking Peter through. And it's yeah. a threefold restoration because yeah. of his three times of denial. So I think it's a, a really good model for us in some ways, and not in a clinical, regimented sort of way, mm. legalistically speaking, but in just a very gentle way to see Jesus just walking along the beach with him and just loving him back into the fold, basically. There are so many trinities happening here. Yeah, we talk about the power of the witness or the testimony of three. It seals the deal. And Jesus is, in some ways, having all three of the Godhood asking the same question. But he's also asking different questions each time. He's basically coming at him with one of those, are you head over heels for me, Peter? Would you do anything for me? Would you die for me? That's the kind of passion he's asking him. And Peter, maybe self-doubt is creeping in or is still watching over him from his denials. He's not sure what he's capable of at this Mm -hmm. point. And he just says, yeah, you know I'm very fond of you. And he kind of progresses a little bit each time and gets a little more into it. We only have the word love sitting there in English, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more going on yeah, in Aramaic. Yeah, we don't have the right translations for all the yeah. ways that love is used in the scripture. And like he asks him again, are you really, are you head over heels for me? Are you really in this all the way? And he says, you know, I have great respect and affection for you. It's a great honor serving you. That's the kind of attitude Peter seems to have. At the last time, he goes down to his level and says, okay, are you at least fond of me? He's making a point that Peter has not been answering the question he's Mm -hmm. been asking. Mm -hmm. So when he finally asks it on Peter's terms, that really shows Peter, oh, he's got me. Mm. I'm not getting out of this socially gracefully. I have to answer the question. Of course I'm fond of you. I just said so. But that's really not the question Jesus is asking. Are you sold out is the question. Are you sold out after you failed me? Mm -hmm. Are you sold out because you love me, period? Jesus has not changed his perspective or his attitude or his intentions for Peter. And Peter now really knows it. Yeah. For 78 years now, we've depended on the faithful encouragement of friends just like you to bring this unique radio and media ministry to the air each day. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. 
Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. Bless you, friends, for your brave and activist faith. And make sure to ask for your own copy of The Dynamic Gospel when you contact us today. read from the dynamic gospel now. All right, again, starting in verse 15 of chapter 21 of John. So they all enjoyed a leisurely meal together. While they chatted, Jesus threw out a probing question. It was aimed at Peter. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me passionately more than all these combined? Even for Jesus, it seemed an odd question, more intimate than Peter was used to, but he plowed ahead enthusiastically. You bet I do. You're the boss. I think you'd know me well enough by now. We're the best of friends. Take care of my little lambs, Peter. They need you. Later, Jesus repeated the same question. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me with an all-consuming passion? Of course I do, Lord, Peter replied. I've always been fond of you personally. I'm proud to work for you. Really? My flock desperately needs a tender, understanding shepherd willing to sacrifice anything for them. As they were cleaning up the meal, Jesus cornered Peter again in front of everybody. Simon, son of Jonas, are you at least my good friend? Peter was beginning to feel embarrassed. Did he really have to ask it three times? Lord, you know everything already. Of course I hold you in the highest regard. I'll do anything you want. Jesus quietly replied, It's the flock, Peter. They'll starve on their own. Lead them to the food they need. Jesus took Peter aside for a little walk along the beach. Peter, listen very carefully. When you were just starting out, you could barely tie your own shoes. But you were young and thought you had the world by the tail. You could do whatever you wanted. You could go wherever you pleased. Now you've grown up. When you're old, there will come a time when you'll be dragged to a place you'd rather not go. When you're stretched out, you'll have to pass the mantle for good. Jesus said this to indicate how Peter would eventually die. He'd do it in the service of God and to his glory. You say you'll follow me anywhere, Peter, and so you shall. Follow well. Peter was distraught but attentive. He turned to notice that best friend following at a not-too-discreet distance, the same one who had been right on the inside during all the traumatic events in Jerusalem, the one who had flushed out the traitor, the one who could tackle Jesus at any time with a hug and not be scolded for it. As the best friend pulled up to them, Peter asked, So, what about him? What's his lot in life? Jesus said, If I want him to live peacefully until the day I return, what's that to you? Your job is to follow me, not worry about him. Others in the fellowship have taken that quote too literally over the years, thinking that the one in question would never die. Yet Jesus never said that. He was simply making a point that it was no business of Peter to ask such things. And so, we come to the close of this account. The disciple known as Best Friend is the one who writes these words. It's my official testament, and what I have seen with my own eyes I have committed to these pages. Amazing as it may read, I have only recorded the unvarnished truth. There are, of course, so many things that Jesus said and did that are not recorded in this book. There was never a thing he did that was not important, and all the books in the world couldn't contain them all or give a final account of how amazing the story really is. It's still being written today on the hearts of all who receive it. You know how Peter says, 
in his anxiety and being distraught, what about him? What about Mm -hmm. this other guy? I I find myself doing that so often in my walk with the Lord and, and when things are difficult for me and or when things were easy for me, either way. And I look at the life of someone else and say, you know, what about them, God? Why is their life that way it is and my life the way it is? And this is a gentle reminder, but a firm reminder that it's really none of my business. You know, the disciples had their own path set out for them. They had yeah. their, they had to choose their own way in this. And they did choose some very drastic and different ways to go. And we hear about the accounts of all the apostles mm-hmm. going to the four corners of the globe, basically, mm-hmm. as far as their feet could take them in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. They really got around. Yeah. And we have to be intent on our own journey and on our own space and not let ourselves, not allow ourselves to compare our yeah. lives with others. And boy, that's the tough thing to do, just period in mm-hmm. life. I think we all struggle with that at some level. And being reminded that it's really our own story that matters in our own life, in our own context. And our story, your story matters, my story matters. Our stories are important. But when we begin to compare our stories with that of someone else, or we feel a little robbed maybe, Mm. or, you know, wait. Our testimony isn't as good as that one. Yeah. Then we get into a really gray area there. I think that Peter's also deflecting a bit. He's in an awkward moment. He doesn't know what to say next. And so he sees John over there. It annoys him. He's being encroached upon. So he kind of tosses it out there. What about him? I think Jesus is also responding to that. I'm serious here, Peter. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. This is about you, not about him. And so we, we get the situation where Jesus is making it very clear that he's really on point here. Mm-hmm. And other times when we're reading the Word of God, where we just know God is really talking to us. Yeah. And we want to do anything else but face up to this being a very personal conversation, not an accusation, not an indictment of our lifestyle, but just that God's calling up something in us that we're having to face that some changes need to be made or something new needs to begin or something right. old needs to end. We just know it's right. But we have a hard time engaging him in that conversation. We want to go anywhere but Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. God has to keep bringing us back around at times to say, face the facts here, buddy. This is what the real issue is. And we're going to get through this together. Well, you know, there's times when we have knowingly disappointed God. Hmm. You know, like Peter. Peter denied him. He very much disappointed him. Yeah, when did it cross over from sin to transgression? Yeah. (laughs) When did it happen? Right. And, And there's times that we know in our own lives that we've done that. This is a great reminder for me even to see how Jesus gathers Peter in mm-hmm. in this time. He is very firm with him. And, you know, sometimes when when we're praying or when I'm praying, I'll, I'll say me. This is my story. When I'm praying, I kind of want to avoid, you know, the stuff that, that I'm being reminded of by the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, okay, but God, you know, Bram was really, you know, sticky over there. He was kind of rude or he was, you know, he, he bothered me or Wait upset me. <laughs> or I'm really bothered by that person in the car that cut me off or whatever, that kind of thing. And Jesus just says, hey. That's not the point here. Their stuff is their stuff, and it's none of your business. You need to listen to what I'm saying because I have something important for you, and I need to listen. My business ought to be your business. Make it your business. And when I hand it over to you, I expect something good to come of it. Yes, God's right there in us, helping us go through his story being written in us as well. But he is putting tools in our hands and expects us to get good at this become better, Mm -hmm. to become more proficient at serving him and being his hands and feet in the world. We got work to do, 
and it's not drudgery. Mm. He says already that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's in right. fact, it's a joy. It's like when the dog knows it gets to go to the park and it's, it's willing to get into the leash because it knows it's going somewhere. Yeah. It's kind of like that. The joy is there because we know we're going somewhere important. And the God has prepared us. He's given us the energy. He's given us the focus. He's given us the time mm. to do something with our lives. Yeah. We have to choose or not we're going to be excited about that and to live it out. Yeah. Well, honey, as we wrap up the book of John, do you have any closing thoughts Mm. on our journey so far? Well, our journey personally has been one that has been around the block a number of times in so many ways. Mm. We've been back and forth across this country five or ten times with family issues and the relocation. It feels like the story that we're wanting to get onto is always just ahead of us and we're not quite getting there. Right. This new chapter in our lives is one that's going to begin because God has answered prayers and has got us on the path. We've ended the book of John that way, and John does not say the story's over. He's saying the story is just beginning. Mm -hmm. And if we read the story of John and all the other apostles, especially these Gospels, and we read them like they're a closed book, like there's nothing beyond them, then we've sealed God in a box, Mm. and we've left him in a closet. These are supposed to be opening up our hearts and our lives to something that can be, should be, will be, if we will follow him. Mm Mm-hmm. And when Jesus uses words like, Peter, come here, let's walk together. And he's doing that literally, come walk with me. And he's also saying figuratively, follow me, follow my example the rest of your life. I take courage in that Jesus seems to be saying, my footprints are still there. Mm -hmm. You can still follow them. In fact, I'm walking this path with you, ahead of you, around you. Just be aware of the fact that I've never left you, I never will, but you won't always feel it. Mm-hmm. You won't always see it. And sometimes you won't even believe it. Mm. But we come back around to the truth at times and we're willing to say, God, what do you want for me to know about this right now mm-hmm. in this space? Thanks for joining us on Compassion Radio today. We'll have an all-new series coming up for Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word on next week's broadcast. God bless you, friends. We'll see you tomorrow. Climbs the hill that bears the cross, that takes the nails. What kind of love is this that takes my place, that gives his life and clears my name? Oh, oh, I want to know what kind of love this is.
Thanks for joining us today. Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today. Call 1-800-868-2478. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.